listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Nouvelle. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Or at least it doesn't have to be. With the help of experts across industries, Dirk helps you find your passion and career, as well as exposing the unknown parts of every vocation. Let's go deep. Let's find your genius zone right now. Here's Dirk Novell. Hey everybody, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, I, I hate to say this, I, I'm kind of new to this and uh, Jackie, who's a friend of mine that I go way back, is the first female and 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 I'm so excited because I've been talking to a bunch of dudes and, and Jackie is one of the coolest gals I know. I went to high school with her. Her older brother and I are, are he's one of my best friends, but Jackie's just one of those, um, uh, I, I hope I could say gals, young women, ladies, whatever, it, that I've always been impressed with. Um, you know, she's got three brothers and she's just cool. And she's an amazing mom, amazing wife. And, uh, you know, I've just kind of followed her from afar. And then most recently, I've been really impressed with her latest chapter in, in terms of coaching. But, you know, Jackie's much more than just a coach, and we're going to get into that. So I'm going to let Jackie talk a little bit about what it is she does in her words, and then we'll go from there. Welcome, Jackie. All right. Hi, Dirk. Thanks for having me. So fun Thank to you. see you. Um, yeah, so I am a life coach and what I specialize in is helping people create lives they love regardless of their circumstances or the obstacles that they believe are standing in the way of that. I love it. Um, would you say, cause like through my coaching, like defining authentic success, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big part of life coaching is really defining and identifying what we want for our lives because so often kind of go through life reactively to whatever comes to us or what we believe, what society has taught us or growing up, we believe we should do or we're supposed to do. And we never look inside ourselves to really find what it is that we want for ourselves, what are, we want our lives to look like. And if we don't define that, then there isn't a place to go. Like you're just living life as it comes to you instead of creating your life intentionally. I love it. Um, I know we're going to, I'm pretty sure you know who Dr. Joe Dispenza is, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So I'm a big Joe guy and, you know, he talks a lot about thoughts, you know, ultimately are what create, you know, emotions in your life and what you're talking about in my mind, it feels a little like, you know, I know there's a lot of folks who talk about this subject, but as far as uh, kind of getting into coaching, cause you know, when people say coaching, there's so many different types of coaches and life coach maybe even has multiple, you know, definitions. How would like is yours specific? Like, do you work with all kinds of people, families, one on one? Do you work with groups? Like, what's your niche, or do you have one? I do. So right now, I work. I do one on one coaching. Um, and really, I I've I've worked with people from A to Z. I I have I worked for a coaching company. It's a membership site that 
her clients get coached every week. And so for the last year, um, I got to coach over 2000 people with that working for her company. And then I have my own clients as well. And the range of what we, we coach on is, is huge because like you were saying, from a thought work perspective, it's not the thing that we think the obstacle is in our lives. It's, it's the meaning that we give it, how we perceive it, the story around it that we think is the truth of it. And once we're able to uncover that, now we have something to work with. It doesn't actually matter exactly what that problem is. Yeah. I, I'm so bad. I'm like Tommy boy when I butcher like, but I remember Joe had a quote about something like that. Um, so let's get it just kind of give us perspective. We're going to get back into coaching deep here in a second, but can you kind of just run us through uh, you're a duck, right? University of Oregon. I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you came out of university of Oregon and then my memory was you were in the apparel industry or some kind of fashion job. Yes. So, okay. so I actually graduated in journalism and, and public relations. Uh, from UOBO. And from there, I went and worked in PR for a radio station, like right out of college. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to work my whole life, this is not what it's going to be. And so that, that made me kind of dig a little deeper and say, okay, what do I really love? And at that time, I was really into fashion and um, and that world. And so I went back to school for apparel design and then did some internships in New York um, and then came back and worked in design at Nordstrom. Yeah. So very creative. Like, was it what you thought it was or did you kind of like after so many years be like, huh, this is interesting. This is not the gig that I thought it was. You know, in New York, um, it, I did internships with um, Donna Karen and then Shaken and Capone. And that was more like what I thought it was going to be. Um, it was really exciting. The space you worked in was super creative, just, and just the city and the energy of that, I think fed into the fashion industry there. But then I came home and, um, worked at Nordstrom and we're all in gray cubicles in the design department and on the computer, you know, communicating with, with um, Hong Kong and whatnot. And I was like, okay, this is not what I had in mind for um, being in the design world. And so um, it just so happened that I had been there a couple of years and then I had my first child. And so I left that job to stay home with um, my son. Yeah, I mean, what you're explaining is like so crystal clear of what my podcast is about. like the sexiness and excitement of New York and fashion and all the movies you see. And then these cold gray cubicles, you know, uh, I mean, that's the thing I'm trying to do is kind of uncover like fashion might be your deal. Right. But understand maybe behind the curtains or whatever, you know, it's a different world. I think every job has those components, but, um, and so after that, was that, uh, so you're a mom, which I know is probably the most difficult, I mean, and it's a great experience, but it's not an easy job. Did you stay home um, or go back to, I know you have four children. Did you stay home the whole time? 
Yes. Yeah. So I, I stayed home the whole time and in it ended up being necessary for me to stay home. And two of my, my boys had when, when got a traumatic brain injury when he started high school and another one has had mental health challenges his whole life. And so that became like really my passion and my, my job to really, um, find the help that they needed and, um, and also to create still a, an environment that I wanted for my kids, um, throughout that experience. Okay. Uh, and we'll get back into that in a little bit. So then you eventually went back, um, photography or was it, uh, interior design? So first I did photography. Okay. So I wanted to find something that was m my own and not only, you know, figuring out everything for my kids. Um, and so, and I like to work. And um, so I started my own photography business and I ended up going in that direction because I've always loved photography and um, I have a whole library of, you know, coffee table picture books that I love. And so I was like, okay, maybe I want to go that direction. And so I did um, family photography and photographed high school seniors um, for a while. And then the, the more that became a business, the less I enjoyed it and the less I wanted to take pictures. And I wanted to, I wanted to enjoy, I didn't want to lose my love of photography. And so I decided that was not the direction I wanted to go because I want to love photography. And if that means not doing it as a job, then that was what I chose to do. No, I love it. And then a little bit on the interior design, which was the next step. Yes. Yeah, so then I was like, okay, well, I also love interior design. I've always loved different forms of design. And so I went back to school for interior design and I was taking, because I have four kids, I was, I was going slowly. I was taking one to two classes at a time, but um, there was one class in particular that we designed the space, but then we had to fill the space. We had with, so we had to go shopping to find you know, what was going to be to bring that space to life. And I know it sounds funny, but that was really the first time that I realized that interior design would entail a whole lot of shopping. And um, the design piece is a very small percentage. The shopping piece is a big percentage and I don't like shopping. And so I, um, I realized that probably wouldn't be the best fit for me either. So, um, so I stopped my education in interior design at that point. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been thinking about this subject forever, but what, when you're talking, I'm, I'm like listening and I'm like, I'm thinking, God, you're brave enough to cut bait, right. And move on. Right. Where a lot of people wouldn't do that, but two, you're taking inventory of like, <clears throat> emotionally, like you're getting out of your head and your heart and you're realizing like, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't, you know, I don't love this. This isn't the temperament or the environment or whatever. And this is exactly what I want young adults, you know, and people to think about when deciding, you know, whether it's going back to medical school or law school or whatever, 
is to like really do your research, talk to people, get a coach, go hang out. You know, if you want to be a teacher, go sit in a classroom for a while and really, you know, because what seems one way it can completely be a, a different gig. So I think it's, I think it's great that you experience and you have this creative side, but when you got into it, you realize that it wasn't quite your thing, which is awesome that you were able to come to that realization. So fast forward a little bit, you know, I, I've watched, you know, you have beautiful kids and you know, they're close to my kids ages. Um, the coaching, you know, that seems like knowing you the way I know you, it seems like it's such a natural fit. Talk a little bit about like how that started. And I don't know if it was a conversation with a friend or you were just thinking, you know, how can I do a job that's in my heart that I don't have to travel, I don't have to shop or whatever the things you don't like to do. So how did that come about? You know, it, it kind of came, it kind of landed in my lap really, because I actually didn't know what coaching was. I never heard of it. Um, but during the time that I was, um, helping my boys move through their challenges, I was reading a ton and studying really deeply the teachings of, um, Eckhart Tolle, Byron Katie, um, Abraham, and those those teachers helped me um, move through the experience with the, my boys in a way that I, which was my goal was so that I could look back on it and be proud of how we managed and moved through that situation, that period of time in our lives. Yep. And so when they had gone off to therapeutic boarding schools and they were about to come home. And I was telling my husband, like, you know, those teachings were the most impactful part of me moving through this experience in a way that felt, felt good to me. And I wish that I could help other people, but I would have no idea how to, because it's all the information. It's just a ball in my head that I access when I need it. And literally it was like a week later, there was something that came up maybe on my Instagram feed. I don't even know where it came from, but it was something that referenced Eckhart Tolle, Abraham Hicks and Byron Katie and their teachings as the foundation of this coaching school. And so I was like, what is coaching and what is this coaching school? So I, I researched it. And it was exactly what I was looking for. So basically it synthesized and put into a very usable framework, all of the information that I had been studying and working with over the past 15 years through my, my, on my own. So when you were reading all this content and kind of just, you know, digesting it, um, was it out of necessity or was it actually like, I really like this stuff. This is like, I'm interested in this kind of content or if you, let's just say you never had these issues with your two boys, would this have just been like, I, I'm not going to pick this stuff up. You know, I think that my two boys was the catalyst. Um, I think that it, it at first was out of necessity because I had read, like I'd been reading 
parenting book after parenting book after parenting book that did not scratch the surface of what I was dealing with in my home. And so I, I knew I had to go in a different direction um, that wasn't, I guess, traditional teachings or ways that someone would say, here's how to manage the situation. And so I think it was um, Oprah it had introduced Eckhart Tolle at that time. And so I was like, I, I just, I was like, well, she's recommending this book. It was her book of the month. And so I read it and I was like, like my mind was blown. And so then I read it two more times and I went through her, she did a course with Eckhart going through the, the book. And so that was like my first introduction to like the power and magnitude of this work and the effects that it can have in our lives. And then from there, I found other teachers. So it started out of necessity, but then once that world opened up, I was like, why, do, why don't we learn this in school? This is amazing. And it's life-changing and it was life-changing for me. And it is, I, it's life-changing for the 2000 people that I coached last year. It's, and continue to coach. It's, it's, yeah. So now I just, I, I'm, a, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these people you're make, bringing up when I went to university of Santa Monica, it's a spiritual psychology curriculum. I mean, mm -hmm. we talked a lot about all these people and um, like you, I mean, I, you know, it kind of like made sense for me, a lot of stuff that I dealt with, with my dad and so forth. So the, so the question I'm getting at, like the thing that I wrestle with is, so you had this life experience, obviously having children and a couple of boys that went through what they went through and it kind of transformed you into this new direction. And so, you know, on one hand, when you're coming out of school, you're like, I'm just going to get a job. I want to get a car. I need to get an apartment. I need to pay off school debt, whatever. But you're not thinking along the lines of like, what's in your heart? What are my natural skills and passions? And like, you know, if you had a Saturday, what? What do you do for seven hours? It feels like an hour. And like, my thought is if you could go back in time, like, was there something there inside you? Like if it would have been uncovered, like, was it there or did, it, did all of this basically come 15 years later? Because the, the thing that I'm trying to do is get people, young adults to think differently about their careers and and get really clear on what it is that brings them joy and, and makes them present and really makes them good, you know, better than others. Like I think when you see people that are running away and super successful, they're in their flow, you're like, hmm, there's something different. Was that stuff in you back then? Or did that stuff like did you have to just live your life to experience it? A little bit of both. I think when I was at U of O, I I considered doing psychology because I thought that sounded really interesting to me, but I, I decided not to, cause I didn't want to have to do all the, all of the experiment things were. And, and so I had kind of researched like what, what the classes look like. And some of us just like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. And then I also wanted to be a teacher, but U of O doesn't have an, they, at the time they do now, but they didn't have an education department. And so I just did journalism because that sounded broad. And so like when I think back to the two things that really piqued my interest, it, it really is what I do now. Hmm. 
in some way, which is interesting. Um, even though if I had actually done those as majors, it might not have landed here, but it they both relate to where I'm at. Awesome. So let's get kind of into where you're at now and what you've been doing. How long have you been a, I mean, you probably have been a coach your whole life and you didn't even know it, but how long have you been getting paid for it? Um, almost three years. So what is it about the job? A couple of things. Like, what is it that, what is it about it that you love? I mean, there's something there that lights you up. What is it? Is it wow. as simple as helping people or is it, is it, is it, what is it? It really is like it, it's helping people. It's, it's, this work was so impactful in my life and so life-changing that for me to get to, um, share it with people who think that, well, this is it. Like, I guess this is just my life because all these things happen to me and this is, you know, they think because of everything that happened to them or is currently happening in their life, that's just, they have to just settle for what it is and to learn to access how we access our own power as humans and create our lives and our experience, regardless of what's going on outside of us. Like that, that was such mind-blowing news to me when I learned it, that it's really fun for me to now get to share that with other people and see their lives transform and take a different turn than they thought possible, just like mine did. So that's my, definitely my favorite part. Is there anything you love about it that's a total surprise, like left field, like, oh my God, I had no idea this was even part of life coaching? Um, I think to be honest with you, I think it's like, I didn't realize how easy it would be for me. Like I, like it just is like, I just know this is exactly, I'm like, oh, this is it. Like that was a surprise that I could feel it so deeply that, oh yeah, th this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, easy for you because it's probably you're in your genius zone. It's probably what you should be doing, which I think is, um, I mean, you just kind of said it in a way it's like, I think when you are in the right flow in the right environment, right career job, whatever you want to call it. And, and, and you're leveraging who you are. I think it is easy because it's, it's how it should be. Right. And I think we've all been in jobs that aren't easy because it doesn't feel right. Or we're running a race. We don't really want to win. Um, what about, I mean, not to be negative about coaching, but you've been in it long enough to know, like, what don't you like, what didn't, and the reason I asked this is because people get stars in their eyes about thinking, you know, a certain job is going to be one way, but there's a lot of work I'm sure that goes into marketing yourself, differentiating yourself, even like, you know, I don't know the thing about coaching for me is, and I've coached people, but just shutting up, like it's hard for, you know, like just learning just to not to give the answers and let your, your clients come to their own conclusion. Like there's a lot of things that I've learned that are like, been a struggle, but what are the things that maybe you didn't see coming or maybe a warning? Let's say your, one of your daughters wants to become a life coach. Uh, is there anything that you've experienced a scene that you would caution people on? 
Um, well, if you're going to have your own life coaching business, like I have, the, definitely the hardest part for me is the visibility, like hands down that, that has been a huge challenge for me to consistently put myself out there, put like my picture on the internet on the regular and, um, and speak your beliefs and, and knowing, you know, well, you don't know, you don't know what people are thinking, but you have thoughts. And so, um, that definitely has been the hardest part that I have to coach myself on, on the regular. Yeah. I mean, vulnerability, I've seen your post and, and initially I didn't know what you're doing. And then I'm like, whoa, this is cool. Cause I like, I like this kind of content, but I think people maybe I won't speak, but I mean, sometimes people just don't feel safe going down that road. I mean, I'm a sensitive guy and I'm also a smart ass. So like, you know, sometimes people don't want to, they want to be surface level, but I think the vulnerability that you show <clears throat> is brave. And I also think it's a, a really good way to track your tribe, your people. And from my experience, everybody needs help with something. So I think you're doing a great job um, marketing yourself. W anything else like, you know, like the thing that people don't think about in terms of careers is, you know, I think, you know, like things that like for me, I didn't realize how important freedom was. Like I, my dad wanted me to make money and I thought, okay, I make money. And ultimately I think I was doing a lot of things cause I wanted his love. And, and, I, and so my definition, definition of success was so long was making money, you know, buying a nice car. I mean, all the superficial bullshit that we all, I mean, a lot of us are exposed to. And so I started coaching years ago and I started kind of just unwiring these belief systems that weren't serving me. And so I guess my question is, God, I'm sorry. I, this is what happens when I talk too much. I, I was really trying to, is, is it's been a struggle for me to kind of get to where I'm at, but what would you say to, um, like, any advice you would give to somebody like your daughters or your daughter's friends that are struggling and they're so fixated on these voices in their head about what they should do. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what would you say? Cause like kids don't think I, I say kids, young adults don't think like we think, cause we have life experience. Uh, but what would you say to someone that's, and there's a lot of young kids that have major pressure, social media, they think they need to do this or that. And sometimes I think it's a little easier. Like it, it like lower the bar, but what would your advice be to someone who's under a lot of pressure trying to figure out what the heck they want to do? Yeah, really. It's just to keep going towards what you're drawn to. I think what you said is so true where we have all of these input from society, from our parents, from what it's supposed to look like when you're an adult. And and we stop listening to or really tuning into our truth. And we listen to what it's supposed to be. And, and then we end up in a place that we don't want to be. But if, if you just keep, I feel like, and this was my experience, just, just, it's like, keep following that trail of the thing that you're drawn to, that you're interested in, that lights you up and try it. And it might not be the thing, kind of like photography. I was like, I love photography. And as a job, I don't. 
So I'm going to course correct. What's the next thing I'm interested in? And I feel like that, that willingness to course correct when necessary without making it mean anything, because that is another thing is that society really doesn't, you know, celebrate the switching the jobs all the time. Like the, you'll be called flaky or um, can't hold a job or, you know, that kind of thing. And you have to just own your truth and know where you're going, even though you don't know quite know the end result yet. But I believe that when you just keep following your truth, you will land there. Yeah, I love it. Um, so what I, I was just listening and what I was thinking of is like when you're young, you don't really know what's important to you. And I was talking about freedom for me. And, and then, you know, you, life happens and you start realizing, like, I don't like politics of big business and I don't like, uh, you know, a boss. I like to be independent in your career, your job. Like, what are the three or four things that are like must haves? Like, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe it's flexibility or freedom or I, I don't know what they are, but for a life coach, like, what do you, what do you get out of that, that career? Like, you know, I know freedom would probably be one of them. Uh, what are some other things? Um, yeah, freedom is is a, the biggest. Um, so control over my schedule. Um, also, I like to learn, and I'm I'm just one of those people that's always been learning something. And with life coaching, there is always something to learn, whether it's the back end of the business or new modalities and tools. Like I'm always getting to learn. And I have to use them on myself before I'm, you know, preaching it to other people. And so I like that it pushes me in my own growth. And also I, I feel like, I feel like every job helps people in some way, but this one for me is, is so tangible and, and sort of, it makes sense in my brain. I can see it in that moment oftentimes. And so that's really, I feel like that's something that really drives me as well. Yeah. I mean, what I'm trying to do is give the viewers kind of a, a glimpse into the not so obvious components of your job or your mm -hmm. career that they should expect. Um, you know, like there's some people who don't want freedom. They want, they, they're better, you know, told, you know, they like structure or whatever. They like to um, compensation. I mean, how, how is that not what you make, but like as a life coach, how do you figure out what you're worth per hour? And do you sell packages? I mean, how does that whole thing work? You got to make money, I guess. Right. Yeah. So with one-on-one -on -one coaching, I sell packages and with life coaching is different than therapy in that way, where the reason that we typically life coaches sell in packages for the type of life coaching I do is because it's thought work based. And what that means is that when we have a belief system, we have a neural pathway or I mean, this is very, you know, not scientific, but um, we are creating new neural pathways, new belief systems. And in order to effectively do that so that my clients can use it throughout their lives is it can't just be like a session here and a session there. Like it is very um, focused work. 
And so for that reason, we do sell in packages. So I have a three month package. Okay. And then, oh, go ahead. No, keep going. Sorry. Oh, and I was just going to say, and then as far as pricing goes, for me, like when I first started out, like even learning to charge people was, you know, that was a challenge for me. And so um, just starting at a place that felt like they're, they're paying, but they're not kind of where, where I just felt a freedom around it. And then as my skills have built and as my tool set has built, um, built up and I have seen the transformation in my clients, then it's like slowly, like my, the way that I choose my pricing is what feels right in my body. Yeah, that's a hard one. My wife uh, has struggled with that as a nutritionist, you know, like she's so, I don't know what the word is, but like you got to chart, you know, you offer a lot of value, like you are changing people's lives, you mm -hmm. know, maybe saving lives to be quite honest. And so my wife struggled with the whole money thing. Um, but I think if you get into like this line of work, you have to have the conviction of like, know what you're worth. Right. And, um, and I think you'll draw, you know, like I say tribe a lot, but you'll, you'll find your tribe. You'll create, you know, the right kind of clients. Well, you know, just like in my business and your brothers, like, you know, we do business a certain way and we attract a certain type of clientele. Um, when you, so if I'm 24 or 25 and I'm thinking this sounds really cool and I'm trying to figure out, okay, a three month package or whatever, like, do you have clients that stay around for the long haul or do they come and go or like, what's a typical um, dating timeline, you know, with a client? Like, is it, you know, I mean, do you have clients that you've had for three years or do you, do they go away after a year? I do. So I, I do have clients that stay for a long time. Like I've had, I, I, I have a handful of clients that are four, I think that I've had for two years. Um, and then some come with a very specific thing, like the ones that I, that I have, they just, are always working on different areas of their lives and things that are coming up. And you see the patterns of what's happening in one part of their life translate into others. And, um, and then I have other clients who specifically came for this particular thing that they wanted to work on. And they have their three months and then they move on from there. So it's really, and then some have stayed for a year and gone, right? So it's like, they just do three months at a time and then reassess after three months. So when you're coaching, like, I'm trying to think how to explain this. Um, you know, you'll have your natural instincts, like your, your natural opinion or your, your natural response, what you want to say. How often do you feel like held back by... I don't want to say the rules of how you, you know, I know with modalities and different ways of helping, there's certain do's and don'ts, you know, um, I guess the question is like, how often do you let it roll or are you constantly like making sure you're following a curriculum or a, a protocol? Like, do you feel like you're free or do you feel constricted? And I guess like another way to ask is, is there a modality you follow or that you subscribe to? Well, 
So yes and no. So through my certification, they, they teach a very specific way and framework. And, um, and the way that I've used that is a starting point to jump off from. Um, and so I feel totally free. I, I appreciate and believe deeply in the framework and it's incorporated into my coaching a lot, but I coach really a lot on instinct and, and, but also I'm able to do that because of the foundation of the modalities and frameworks through my certifications. Yeah, that makes sense. I was just curious. Mm -hmm. I've, um, I've done different ones myself, every, you know, medicine journeys I've done. Uh, and it's just, it boggles. I'm not a life coach like you are, but it, there's just so many different ways to reach people. Mm -hmm. And I've always been fascinated by, you know, all the different styles that are out there. Yeah. Um, and there are so many different styles that I've learned that, 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 I mean, through the journey with my boys, it's like the amount of like guidance and help and therapists and coaches that we use, I pull in from that too. And yeah. so it, it all informs my coaching. How much of a, I mean, when you're, when you're coaching and I'm asking as well for people that are thinking about it, but I went back to school for psychology. It was a seven-year program and I, it was a PsyD and and it was two years and I realized like, this isn't a good fit for me. I, you know, I was going to want to work with children and I thought I'd have a hard time. Like if this, the boy was being abused by his dad, I, I think I would go knock on the dad's door and I know that's not okay. Um, how, how, as a life coach, like how, how easy is it when you're dealing with intense stuff and there's a lot of intense stuff to separate that? Like, cause you, you have a life at home with, you know, Travis and four kids and you know i mean do you is it hard to separate or does it go home with you you know it 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 actually doesn't go home with me usually um because of the nature of life coaching you're really looking at what's going on in their brain and their belief systems that's blocking them from the expansion that's available to them in their lives. And so it's almost like I'm looking at their brain as the focus and and everything around it is just part of the story, but but it's it's not as much of the thing that they're going through, but I'm watching their brain to see where we can go to open up a new space for them. Yeah. If that makes sense. How, how often are they open to that? I mean, is it a fight sometimes to get them? Because like safety, I think we all subconsciously are drawn to feeling safe. And I would think part of the journey is for you to create a safe space for them to feel like comfortable doing that. And I would think that would be difficult to do. Oh, that's a huge part of it. Like there has to be that safety and there has to be that trust. And from that place, that's the only way that, that we can address it in the way that I do is they have to 
they have to trust me and feel safe and, and also believe in the potential of this work as well. Has your experience as a life coach, um, made you think differently about your experience as a mom with two sons that, you know, experienced some challenges growing up? Like, have you reframed the experience? Like, I know, I know you're not a victim, but you know, I, I would think life coaching would maybe help you look at it differently. Um, to be honest with you, I had done that. That's what I had been working on for the last, you know, 13 years or whatever, as I was going through the experience with them, that was my work. Like that was the, the biggest part of my work, because if I could address the, the anger, the frustration, the whatever was going on in me and, and come to the experience from a place of, um, you know, deeper love and understanding and compassion and not why me, then I could be a totally, then I'm a totally different mom to my kids from that space than I am from a place of anger, frustration, and victimhood. I hear you. So what is it about life coaching that we haven't talked about? Like, what is, what are the questions that I haven't asked or the things that I haven't brought up that you think would be, I mean, if we're looking at an audience of whether it's high school or college or people that are in their thirties or forties that want a, a career change, what, what gold can you throw out to help somebody make a better decision about going down this path? Yeah, I think that if you feel like you have something that can help people, I think you just go for it. You know, I think when, if you feel called to it and it doesn't matter how old you are, I mean, there are life coaches that are, well, my, my life, my business coach is 28 or something like that. She's like half my age and it doesn't matter how old you are. If you feel called to it and drawn to it and you feel like I have something that, to offer that could help someone don't worry about your age, just go there, like find, start taking the steps and don't let the, the, those little roadblocks, uh, well, you don't know enough in your life. I mean, that's the one thing that like you, someone could look at this interview and, and say, well, yeah, but she had all these experiences in her life and that informed, you know, how she shows up as a coach and how she helps her people. Like that has informed me and how in, in the, the clients that are drawn to me that I help. However, with that being said, like there's, it, it's not an age or experience thing. Like if you feel it inside of yourself, you, I think you just go for it. I love it. Um, I always ask a couple questions towards the end is, and I, you know, some of them seem typical, but if you were to do this again, coming out of the university of Oregon, knowing what you know, now, do you think you would have jumped right into coaching? Um, oh, that's so hard to say because I do feel like my, my journey informed, like, like 
even my design stuff, like all of it is part of like what makes me the coach that I am today. Um, I think probably what I would like if, if I was doing it again, like marketing is like, there are a lot of like marketing coaches and business coaches in ways to have your own business in that space. I, Cause I do like having my own business. Um, and so maybe that's the direction that I would have gone. Cause I was a journalism major. So I, maybe I would have like filtered it in that way. But at the same time, with that being said, like I, I value all of my you know, past experience that took me to where I'm at today. No, I get it. I mean, but I'm always curious, like some, I had a guest the other day and they said, no, I wouldn't do, even though they're really good at what they do. Uh, they said, no, I wouldn't do this at all. Uh, which is interesting to me. Um, what about like, let's just say you couldn't coach anymore. Let's just take everything off the table you've ever done in your career. What is a dream job? Like, what is a job that like may feel unrealistic? That's more of like fantasy land type. Is there anything out there that you're like, oh my God, if I could only dance or be an actress or whatever, is there something that you would love to do? No, like on like, honestly, the, I feel like this truly is my dream job in, in what, and where I can go with it from here. So maybe like right now I'm a one-on-one -on -one coach, which I love that, but there's so many directions that I could go with coaching and, and like, I'm, I'm going to be building, I'm creating an online course. So that's the next direction that I'm going to go with it. So, um, really I love coaching and every, every, all the different components and directions that you can go with it. So I don't think there is I don't think there is. That's awesome. So that's actually really important. I don't want to leave that um, behind. For someone who's thinking of coaching, like there's different flavors of coaching. There's different, even in sales, like there's a million different types of sales jobs that are completely different. For someone, what are the opportunities um, or I don't know, the different flavors of coaching that you could elaborate on? If let's just say, you know, you have one-on-one -on -one, you have family counseling or coaching or, or you have business. Can you give me like a list of the different options so you can just kind of get in the heads of these kids and, and, and maybe one will resonate? Yeah. Um, so you named a few, like the niching down to, you know, family or parenting, um, you know, weight loss is one. Um, but also, so there's, that's all you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with all of that. And then you can also create online courses, um, and sharing, you know, the different modalities through online courses. So most of us have done this by this point where you buy an online course and, and it's pre-recorded and there's no interaction with the actual coach, but you learn through this pre-recorded material. So that's another um, modality or another, you know, approach to coaching. There's also um, group coaching where um, there is a curriculum that, for instance, you might receive weekly pre-recorded stuff and then go to 
um, the group call once a week so that you can also get coached in person within the group as well. Um, and then there's just straight up live coaching. So a whole group where you're live every week going through the topic of the week and coaching. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways to approach your online coaching business. Yeah. And part of the reason I think it's good to know is like some people are just maybe more of an introvert or maybe they're not as social and, you know, they're fearful of, I don't know if I'll be good one-on-one -on -one or one in a groups, but there's opportunities, right. To develop curriculum, you know, content that um, is very valuable to people. So I think this isn't just a, a career path for people who are really good speaking and what, I mean, I think you have to be in tune and emotionally aware of read the room, but I think there are different ways to get into coaching that, you know, aren't black and white. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So fast forward, do you see yourself like wh which modality? I mean, the curriculum, developing curriculum, is this content that you haven't seen that you feel there's a need for? Like what's drawing you down that path? Yeah, I think um, through, you know, coaching so many people um, over the last few years, like you see common themes come up a lot and also themes that I've worked through in my own life. And um, so one of like the first course that I'm creating is um, how to create peace in all of your relationships in your life. And so, I mean, maybe there are courses like that. I haven't seen any, but even if there are, there, the way that I do it, is going to be different from the coach down the street that might be doing a similar course, right? Because again, like my lens, my experience, my perspective informs how I teach this material. And um, so, yeah, so that, that I'm hoping to have by the end of the year of 2024. What was the, the term, you, you, the subject? I forgot. You said something is like four sentences ago. What is it? The content? Yeah, it's how to create peace in all the relationships in your life. So question, just because I think that's an interesting topic. Are you able like to do that? And let, I mean, you have to address the peace, the relationship you have with yourself first, correct? 100%. Yeah. And that's a huge part of coaching in and of itself. Like that's, a primary piece of it. Yeah. And I think that's like, I don't know if you want to, you don't have to elaborate on it, but I think that's the one thing is, you know, like I've had, I I'm so loving to people, but like, I've realized I, I don't, I don't love myself. Like I love my children. And like, I've really realized the importance of, um, you know, talking to the little boy inside, you know, and just like, it's hard to be a certain way unless you can actually be that way with yourself. And I think that for people that are looking at getting into coaching, I don't want to assume or stereotype, but I think we all have healing to do. And mm -hmm. I, and I don't know, maybe part of your coaching is actually healing for you, like continuous healing, like it feels good. Right. I, I don't know, but like, I would think that that's really an important thing to consider if you're going to go down this path 
is to take inventory of kind of your own relationship with yourself. Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because part of being a good coach is you're, you're doing the work you're going first, you're doing it, you're creating that transformation and change with within yourself on the regular. It's you're never like, okay, I'm done. I'm transformed now. Right. Like there's always work to do and there's always going to be growth it's just going to be the next level and the next level. And so, and that's really uncomfortable. And so you have to be willing to lead yourself before you lead others. Real quick on men, uh, on meditation. Like I'm a big, I do it every day. I love it. Uh, your brother, like in the beginning was like, what are you doing? That's kind of weird. But do you man? I mean, have you manifested this career? I mean, do you feel like is meditation part of your practice? Um, meditation in a different way. So, so it's not like the sit and have no thoughts in your brain meditation, but there's a specific workout that I do. That is what I call my meditation because of the zone and the state that I'm able to go into as I'm doing the workout. So it's, I call that my meditation. So it's a no. form. I love, no, I love that. I, I think if you're present, I mean, that is, you know what I mean? It's your own form of meditation. I, um, the last thing I'll bring up a little bit, just cause I'm your coach and I'm interested in it is I've realized how, um, how powerful thoughts are. And we live in a world of thoughts, like in your brain is a bunch of thoughts and your thoughts aren't even, um, reflective of the real world that we live in. If that makes sense. Like, and I, I, I find myself just like, clouds in the sky, like, huh, that's a thought, but now it's going away. And it's not part of me. It's not, it's not real. It's just a thought. Um, how is that a big part of your, I mean, do you find yourself having to really help people retrain the way they think? Oh yeah. That's a huge part of my work because when you're not aware first of all, of your thoughts at all, or when you are, and you think that your thoughts are facts that creates these belief systems that we live from. And that's what creates the results in our lives. And so we have to first have awareness of what the thoughts are that are creating the results in our lives before we can change those thoughts. And we have to realize that they're actually not facts. They're just thoughts your brain offered that you just grabbed onto and thought they were truths. And that awareness is everything because without it, we just recreate a version of our same life over and over and over again. And so once you learn that thoughts aren't facts and you're able to decipher what are thoughts and what are facts and then decide what you want to believe, what you want your belief systems to look like, what you want your results to be. That's where we work from. So that's a huge part of our work. Yeah. Well, I've loved uh, listening to you, Jackie. And I like, I can, when John was telling me you're getting into coaching, I was just like, yep, I can see that. And uh, I can tell you are in your zone of genius and you're very happy. And I can, I, I'm sure you come home a better version of yourself, you know, being in a career that you love and 
your kids and your husband and your family. And I mean, they all witness it. And I think that's really a thing that you people should pay attention to is, you know, what, what things do I do in life where I come back a better version of myself? And mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to think about a career and what you should be doing. So before I end this, is there anything uh, that you felt compelled to say that maybe I cut you off or something? Is there anything you want to, you know, end with in terms of maybe another piece of advice or, you know, a young lady coming out of school that's just really lost in terms of what she wants to do? Yeah, you know, again, I think I think if you just tap into what lights me up, what what sounds fun to me, what's interesting, what am I drawn to? Like if you just pay attention to that instead of here are the list of careers, choose one. And instead you go inside and you're like what lights me up and just start there. That's going to be your most valuable starting point in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end it. That that was well said. So Jackie, thank you for taking the time. And I think you were very informative. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to get a lot out of what you said. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me, Dirk. It's fun to get to talk about my, my favorite thing. <laughs> thanks, Jackie. Yeah.